Welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, lore-focused writer on Blizzard Watch, here as always with both of my wonderful co-hosts. First up, he's a shaman columnist. He also knows a lot of lore, and that would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Hello, it's going well. How about you? It's going pretty good, I'd say, except that... um. I haven't caught a shiny Rayquaza yet, but that has nothing to do with Blizzard Entertainment and everything to do with Pokemon Go. So I won't get into that. Uh, also with us is our other lore expert and warrior aficionado, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. I mean, Morden's likable, but you can't ignore what he did in the past. You just can't. Morden Solis is a deeply conflicting and, and fascinating character. I agree. Yeah, I went, I went back and started replaying Mass Effect 2 again. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know why I did that, honestly. I, everyone was like, everyone's like, let's get into this nostalgia trip. And I was like, okay. And I fired up Mass Effect 2. Look, <laughs> I like, mean, if you're going to go back, that's a good game to go back to. <laughs> it's weird because I had, a, I had a character, I had a shepherd from the first game that I never like picked up and played in any of the other games. And it was like, she's the one from Mindwar. So she's the colonist one. She's the one that like saved that person from killing themselves. She did a lot of stuff that I never did on any other character. So it was interesting. Um, so I was playing her and it's weird. Cause I don't usually play as Femship in the first place. So I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know I'd done a Femship playthrough on this way. And I get to a certain point. Um, you remember the planet horizon? Yes. And Kaiden shows up. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's real passive aggressive at me. Yeah. And I realize this is my this is my boyfriend who's giving me crap in front of my friends. Like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. No wonder everybody dates Garrus. Like, geez. So, yeah, that was that was an interesting experience as my boyfriend, you know, throws shade at me. Maybe, yeah. you're, the one being, maybe you're the one being a troll shepherd. No, because I'm shepherd. Uh, anyway, yeah, we should we should talk about Blizzard now. <laughs> <laughs> we we should, but um, just in case you guys are wondering what all that was about, go play Mass Effect. Seriously, go play Mass Effect. It's real good. Anyway, uh, not Andromeda. Play like the original trilogy, and then you can play Andromeda if you want to. But if you try and play Andromeda right off the bat, I think you're going to be very confused. Yeah. Anyway, um, this week... Well, I tell you what, this week, as far as the news goes, the past couple of weeks, as far as the news goes, it's all been about WoW Classic, and quite frankly, it's been talked to death. Uh, we haven't really heard much more out of 8.2.5 just yet, so what we're going to go ahead and do, because boy, do we ever have a backlog, is we're going to go ahead and um, address the email bin. I don't think that there's anything particularly spoilery in the emails or anything like that for future content. It's just... Uh, you know, emails, usual emails about lore and stuff. Not so much about classic, which should make people happy because we don't really need to be talking more about classic. We've done that enough already. <laughs> so uh, if you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and just be sure to put lore watch in the subject line so that you know that it's intended for this show and not the other podcast. Um, if you do have a question for the other podcast, you can just put blizzard watch in the subject line and we'll pick it up at that point. Anyway, regardless, our first email is from Albi, who's a Torin druid on Anderhall, and they have they bring up something that I've been pondering for about mm, four months now, maybe a little longer, uh, because of course it has to do with Rathion, and I'm always thinking about Rathion and what he's up to and stuff. But this actually, uh, this is. Um, this was sent to us kind of on the heels of the Rathion episode that we did like a couple of episodes ago. 
And they say, hey, watchers, your last episode conversation about Rathion and his vision after eating the heart and your thoughts about the dragon flights got me thinking. What if the they, quote unquote, they he was talking about forgetting something wasn't the watchers, but the dragon flights? What if the dragons forgot something after they were empowered that they needed to forget, which is why he forgot too? The Watchers are never explicitly pointed to as the they, are they? Miss was heavy on the Watchers, so maybe we all just jumped to the obvious but wrong conclusion. Stay frosty, I'll be. I didn't assume it was the Watchers. I, I think that a lot of people tend to jump to that assumption because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is the heart of the Thunder King, and he was deliberately involved with the Watchers and everything else. But we were talking about Dawn of the Aspects. And that's what kind of jogged me into thinking about this. Um, Because we were talking about Dawn of the Aspects, and we were talking about how the Dragon Flights were originally empowered and all of that other stuff. And then we were talking about... What was it we were talking about? Oh, we were talking about the Hour of Twilight and whether the Hour of Twilight was actually the Hour of Twilight or not. And that's kind of what got me wondering about this because all that stuff that went down with the hour of twilight was immediately before miss of pandaria and immediately before all of this stuff went down and if what happened wasn't the true hour of twilight because the thing is is like okay here's what always kind of struck me as a little bit weird about cataclysm right we go through this story and it's very pat cut and dry where the dragonflights say oh yeah the whole reason that we were created was to prevent this whole hour of twilight thing from coming to pass and i know that i've said repeatedly i'm like well that's a really raw deal if after if the if the watchers and and the pantheon specifically made these guys to prevent something and then said okay and after it's all done you're not going to exist anymore you're not going to be able to make new dragons it's just not going to happen and i kept thinking gosh that's a terrible why would they do that that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense and now i'm kind of wondering were they supposed to do that? Like, was that expansion supposed to happen like that? Or was this all part of something bigger? Because so uh, let me let me finish here. Because we know that Deathwing was empowered by, he was corrupted by Nazoth. And Nazoth is the only active old god right now, the only super active old god right now. So part of me kind of wonders, and, and that was one of those things that kind of also struck me odd about Cataclysm, is that in all of the hullabaloo and the hype up for it, Metzen very specifically said that Nazoth was the one that was responsible for all of this stuff that happened. And then we never saw him. We never even heard of him. We didn't really get any kind of... There was like the whole Herald of Nazoth thing over in um, a Wormrest Temple during the whole raid. But beyond that, there wasn't any other real signs of him or anything. And it was weird. Anyway, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I was going to say, the the thing that always bothered me about the dragon aspects getting empowered in general was this assumption that, th- and it never sat right with me, that they were only created to stop the Hour of Twilight. That that seemed weird. Always, Doesn't it? Like, like you have this thing that, that literally caused a schism in the Watchers that caused this Odin to take his toys and go home. Uh you have this whole thing that 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 started like this this downward spiral sort of there over just stopping just the hour of twilight that that never sat right and when these and how did Tyr know that this thing was going to happen exactly 
yeah, like we haven't really seen like their future predictive capabilities of the Titans or Titan Watchers really been a, like a thing. Except, of course, for Nosdarmu, who is empowered by Amonthol. And Which... Nosdarmu is kind of questionable at this point anyway, isn't he? But this is, even, bef- this is even before what? they were empowered, though, can like I, if that's what they were I ask you guys? Can I ask you guys one thing? Sure. sure. Why do you assume that they were created just to stop the Hour of Toilet? When do they say this is the only reason we were made? Um, I want to say they it say, was in one this of This is the reason... They may say this is the reason we were made. They don't say this is the only reason they were made. I want to say it was like in one of the quests or in one of the short stories that came out with Cataclysm. I can't remember which one. In the the Cataclysm questing, they specifically mentioned that this is why. It's their purpose. They say that it's their purpose. Now, whether or not that's actually the case, that's, that's but you, no. You're still you're still focusing on that. Therefore, that means that that is the only reason. If a major if a major terrorist attack was happening in a in a city, the police and responders would say, "This is the reason we're here, guys," and that would mean, well, that, okay, I wasn't... We're, yeah, but that that's I'm just want to make that point. Well, finishing just... my finishing my thought from earlier was it never sat right with me that that was always the assumption. Right. Like that, that was their sole purpose, that 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 was going to be a one and done thing, that there was going to be this, even if it wasn't the hour of twilight, that there was going to be this huge cataclysmic event that they would then sacrifice themselves to complete. And then they're done. That never sat right as a whole thing for me. And even if it wasn't that specific event, that's sort of the implied uh, story that they're telling. And when we go back to this and they say they have forgotten, what if they've forgotten what they were actually made for, what they were actually empowered for? Well, there's something else to think about. The uh, Titans, these they were empowered by the Watchers, but they were their power actually comes from the Titans, right? Like each of yeah. the dragon aspects comes yep. from the Titans. The Titans are no were no longer available to to instruct them or tell them what to do or give them any kind of hints as to what they were actually doing. Mm-hmm. And we don't even really know where the Titans were for an extended period of time. We know that eventually Sargas recaptured them. But we don't know where they were for the vast majority. We know that their spirits ended up in the bodies of some of the Watchers for a while. And one of them, uh, Highkeeper Ra, you know, Raden, pulled it out of himself and, and left it in a place for a while before it got recaptured, I guess. I don't know how that worked. Um, but again, so for untold thousands of years, they were making it up as they went. The, the Watchers weren't telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. And the Titans couldn't tell them what to do. Well, how do they know what they were made for? And that's, where does that information come from? Does it come from Tyr? Because Tyr died. Well, and that's what I'm kind of curious about is did Tyr tell them before he empowered and transformed them what he was doing with them? And then in that process, they forgot or they couldn't remember or like how much of their pre- their pre-aspect states do they actually remember and how much of that is right so and here's the other why, interesting thing sorry here's why i i i feel like that was their purpose number one they said it number two when you defeat the madness of deathwing and it goes into that cinematic alex straza says blatantly she says we dragon aspects have fulfilled our great purpose and our agent power is expended like she just flat out says we fulfilled our purpose we did it See, yeah, but that goes always... back to my thought about the fact that how does she know what her ancient purpose is? Yeah, and and to me it seems like it comes at a weird a weird time too, right? Like that statement never sat well with me because like Rossi said, how do they know? But also, this is after 
their flights have been captured and Alex Strauss has been through so much tragedy. Her mate has been exploded in this massive attack. You know, her clutch is dying. Like she, she's at this point where everything she's cared about besides Azeroth is dying or dead. Is it really that her, their purpose is fulfilled or she's just done? And look at some of the other aspects too. So Ysera, her, her entire life's been war this entire time. We haven't seen it, but the Emerald Dream, the corruption of the Emerald, the Emerald Nightmare, like all that stuff's been going on for years and years and years and years. She's probably tired too. You have uh, Norzdamu, who knows that he is going to be this agent of, you know, death and despair at some point. You know, that's got to make him a little bit crazy. And be like, if I check out, then this never happens. I'm good to go. Like, I could lay my, my power down. I could lay myself down. Wait, 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 and I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that that's not actually the case. But I'm saying, like, no, go ahead. You just, you just made something happen. I did? Norzdamu knows what he's going to become. Mm-hmm. We fight Marzond. Mm-hmm. Merzond has the full power of a dragon aspect when we fight him. He does. How does he? So get why wouldn't it? he want to give that up? Yeah. No, no. no. The, the thing is, Nazormu gives it up at that fight. We see him give it up. I am. Ten- I will tie together all threads, past, present, and future, so that this moment is unescapable. He, s- he says that he's he's doing he's you know he suddenly turns into the the president from from uh, the West Wing, and he does that. And that's I said that because it's Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Stormer guys, um, and and he does that, and and then he expends his power, and his power is gone. How does it come back? If he expends we, his power, then Nosdor or Murazond, when we encountered Murazond, shouldn't have had those powers. But he does. So there's now, a paradox going on here. Yeah. Well, and we have and, to accept that to a certain degree with any time travel stuff that happens. Except the thing is, we don't have to accept it necessarily when it isn't a paradox. Mm-hmm. Because. What if they don't? The power isn't expendable. Because here's the thing: Ysera died. That's she died enormous. Kind of what I was getting at. Dragon, and she's been replaced. Yep. And I was going. You're getting right where I was going. <laughs> is is we don't know that their power is gone or that it's expended and that it can never be brought back. So I think it's more have, that they gave up. Because even even like the blue dragon flight, like look, I, look what I, happened I, with them. I have something else to bring up here. Um, I want to bring up something from Chronicle 2. Chronicle 2 says that there was a very ancient prophecy that spoke of the Hour of Twilight, Azeroth's final moments of existence. At the last sunset, the old gods sealed away within the depths of the world long ago will enact their judgment and irrevocably twist the mortal world to reflect their essence. On Draenor, the Pale Orcs received a prophecy of the Hour of Twilight from the Void Lords, a time when the shadow would envelop the universe and snuff out all life and existence. Um, so, like, it says that the dragon aspects were created to stop such an event from occurring where they would give their powers to prevent it. Using this to their advantage, the old gods corrupted Deathwing as a way to make their plan quote-unquote foolproof using one of the very aspects destined to stop the Hour of Twilight to instead usher it. Now, here's the weird part when all of this was being told i think yasera was the one who was talking about the prophecy and the hour of twilight and everything else and how they all needed to fight as one to avoid the hour of twilight and keep it from happening um this was all in thrall twilight of the aspects by the way 
Uh, and I don't know how familiar you guys are with that book because it was one of those ones that came out like mid cataclysm. Oh, I've read it multiple times. Okay. So Thrall basically goes through this whole twisting time thing. By the way, guys, I really recommend that you read this book if you haven't, because um, particularly if you've read Lord of the Clans, it hits hard. It really does. And it's a very good book. Um, Christy Golden wrote it. Anyway. Uh, or no, wait. Did Christy write that one? I think Christy wrote that one, if I remember right. Anyway, um, it was either Christy or Richard Knack, one or the other. It's on my shelf, but it's not Christy Golden. Yeah, Christy wrote it. I'm like looking over my shoulder at it right now. Anyway, um, at the end of that book, Thrall finds Nosdormu. Like he finally finds Nosdormu. And that's how we were able to like go back and do all of the stuff where we went back to the whole Hour of Twilight thing and we fought Murazon and everything else. All of that came to pass because Thrall went through this weird adventure and he found Nosdormu and brought him back. Because Nosdormu was kind of lost in the time streams, sort of trying to contemplate what was going on, supposedly. And when Thrall found him, he said, I know who was behind all of this. It was the old gods. And they, they, the old gods made all of these terrible events that happened to the Dragonflights. All of this happened because of the old gods. And I remember reading Thrall, Twilight of the Aspects, and it got to that, and it was supposed to be the shocking moment, and I was like, well, duh. I mean, we've been saying that for a while now, <laughs> that it was probably the old gods that did all of this, so duh. But at the same time, again, it's Nosdormu that's saying it. And I'm kind of wondering if Nosdormu is an unreliable narrator at this point. Because as Rossi pointed out, mm -hmm. if he expended his powers then how does Murazon still have them? There's something going on here. Well, so, and that might tie in with the, the next one a little bit, too. The next question I think we have coming up, because I, I, I have an idea on that as well. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me get the other email here real quick. The other email that came in with it, I, I kind of grouped these two together because they had something to do with each other. Uh, this one is from Shisui, who's a Blood Elf monk, who says, Hey, watchers, show's incredible. Please make it weekly, given what we knew about the... About the coming Rathion slash Ebonhorn questline, do you think Rathion has been searching for something to empower the Dragonflights in preparation for Nizas' return? That's also a very good question. Anyway, I'm sorry. Rossi, I keep interrupting you, and you need to talk, so throw your thoughts in here. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was empowering the Dragonflights in preparation for Nizas' return. That's We know that Rathion is... I know what Rathion's doing in broad strokes. Uh, he is ruminating on everything he did up to this point. Like you see that in the quests. Uh, he leaves notes behind. He leaves uh, journal entries where he's like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that uh, the, the the surety I experienced wasn't as accurate as it could be. You know, he, he's thinking about himself and, and not just the old gods, but himself and what he what he did previously and how he arranged things and how he thought the war would end and how he thought it should be ended. That's all in there. Um, and he is thinking about the old gods too. He creates the means by which Ebonhorn is purified. Uh, that was actually created by Rathion for him. He he even says, "Get this to my brother." He, I don't even think he uses quotes. I think he just says, "Get this to my brother." So Rathion's not unfeeling, and he doesn't. I think you know he killed the black dragons in the past that were corrupted by the dragon by the great the old gods, and I think he regrets it. Because he could have, if he if he'd looked, he could have found a way to save them the way he found a way to save Ebonhorn. 
And I think that's kind of, he wants to go to the Dragon Isles. He wants to come up with ways to stop the old gods for the sake of Azeroth, but he wants to do it in a way that he, he feels better about. And it's interesting. He is, he's still very young. Um, I think he's like seven years old at this point, maybe a little older. I can't, I don't know the exact, you know, time of battle for Azeroth versus uh, when he was born in Cataclysm. I don't know how many years it's actually been, but he's not very old and he's a lot of the things he's done. He's done them from, from a sense of, you know, Rathion is very intelligent, but he's not very experienced. So in terms of what he's doing, I feel like to a degree, he's trying to learn. He's trying to learn what the old gods are. He wants to learn how to use the void and the shadow against them. Because the thing is, is that I think they're, they're what the things they're pointing to is that the void exists as this overarching cosmic concept, like the light does. The old gods and the void lords are not the void. The void is is more morally neutral. It just wants to be the void. It doesn't have an ethos. And that's the stuff that we're talking about. Rathion it's is starting it's the same thing with the light. The light and yeah. the void, they aren't entities. They're just forces, forces of existence. Yeah. And the void lords are entities, and they, they want the entire universe to be reduced to void. That doesn't mean the void wants that. The void doesn't have a want. It's the like void the light. just is. Yeah. The <laughs> void just is the other. It's the flip side. of When you don't have light, you have void. The two of them are the, are the antithesis of each other. But that doesn't mean they hate each other because they don't feel anything about each other. It's not the light that has a problem with like the multiple possibilities of the void. It's the Naru. It's specifically Naru like Zira. It's the, the fanaticism can come from either side. Fanaticism is a problem. It's, it's when you get fanatical loyalty to an idea at the expense of everything that you have a problem. And that's very much not where Rathion is going right now. Rathion is moving away from that. Because here's the thing. Rathion was certain of himself. He was absolutely, unvarnishedly certain of himself in in Mists of Pandaria. He was going to do something. It was going to work. It was going to change the world. And then everyone would be ready to fight the Legion. And then it didn't happen. And they fought the Legion anyway. And he's he's looked at this. And he's thinking, what? why did I, you know, I did all this stuff. Is, was it the right thing to do? And this, keep in mind, Rathion that we knew never thought about whether or not it was the right thing to do something. And now he does. That's in the notes that he leaves behind. He's like, you know, if you read this, I, I've been, you know, I've been studying a lot of these things. I, I wish Maybe I could go. Maybe not so much the spoilers, but yeah. Specifically, he just says, I've been studying a lot of this, and maybe if I could go and study these other things, I'd know more and I'd learn more. I'm a little afraid to do that, but you know, I need to move forward. I need to, to, to develop and go in a new direction. So is he just trying to empower the Dragonflates? I don't think he is. I think it's much bigger than just the Dragonflates. But that being said, I do think he's at least trying, and this is, again, this is not based on any spoilers exactly. This is just my gut feeling. I think he's trying to bring the Black Flight back. I think he's like saying to himself, okay, yeah, Deathwing went crazy, but Deathwing had a purpose. And that purpose hasn't been fulfilled in 10,000, you know, 15,000, however many thousands of years. That purpose hasn't been fulfilled in all that time. And someone has to do it. Someone has to be the actual Earth Warder. You know, just because... And that's the thing is, if you look around, all these dragon flights that have lost people, if you look at this is a battle for Azeroth thing, and it's not a spoiler, it's it's currently in game. Melithra of the Dawn, I mean, of the Dream, is taking over her mother's role. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue dragon flight has Caligos. Caligos is still the leader of the blue dragon flight. Um, the, uh, 
the bronze flight, we don't really know what's going on with those guys. Uh, and you you know, you know, Alex Straza is still the leader of the red flight. If Rathion does manage to bring the black flight back with uncorrupted members like Ebonhorn and himself, that would be like a sea change. It would, it would be the, the first time that all five flights were united ever since Deathwing's fall. And think about it in a way by corrupting Deathwing, the old gods made that unity impossible. And thus the, the hour of twilight we saw, we know it was a false hour of twilight because it wasn't the five dragon flights. It was just four of them. Thrall is not a black dragon. He, he could stand in abeyance for a little while, but he couldn't really replace Deathwing. But Rathion can replace Deathwing because he that's literally right. Deathwing is his grandfather. That is what he is for. Just as much as Caligos could replace Malagos, just as much as Melithra can replace Ysera. These dragons can all be replaced. There's a mechanism in place for it. Why would the Titans create a replacement process if it was never going to be used? I'm having like a really big series of aha moments over here where I'm just like the little light bulbs are kind of flashing off. Um, but Joe, I want to hear your input on this too. So I'm going to let you talk for a while. This is along the same lines of some of the stuff that I was thinking with it too. Like if, let, even at face value, and there's going to be a couple of thoughts here. If he was re-empowering the dragon flights, I agree with Rossi that part of that is their purpose isn't fulfilled. We haven't had that moment. Yet. They may think they did, but like I was saying before, is it because they did or because they're just done? They're just worn out. They're just tired. Even Caligos in Legion was talking about how strenuous things were. And that's a big thing. Like we didn't see him for long, but it was, it was one of those things where like, yeah, they're all worn out. They've all had some really terrible things happen to them. And at the end of the day, they have feelings and emotions. They have sort of like this, this tie to all these events. They feel that. And things that have been bothering me for a long time with it is, Alex Straza tells us that the flights, I forgot when, I think it was one of the quests afterwards, like they're just going to die now because they're not able to reproduce. But we never know why. We never know if that was a thing that happened because of what they did or if that's their choice. Because we see eggs in, from other dragons elsewhere. Is it because Alex Straza doesn't have her mate anymore and so just doesn't want to continue the dragon flight? I mean, we have no clue how that works with all the other dragon flights per se, we have an idea for like the black dragon flight, but like who's to say that what Rathion's doing isn't reminding them of their purpose, reminding them that there's work to be done still reminding them that there's still more things that they have to do. You know, empowerment can be a literal thing from the Titans, or it could be just the revivica revivication of their ideas. And you thought that you were checking out of this, but look what happens when you do. And I also think that this is in preparation in Rathion's mind of something that's coming down the line. I still think that at some point the champions are going to wind up bouncing off of Azeroth to go do something. Azeroth is going to be defenseless at that. And if the dragon flights aren't there to fulfill their original purpose of helping safeguard this entire planet, this Titan egg, then who's left? I think that he's going to give them more their purpose back. He's going to bring them back together. Just like Rossi said, they're going to be unified again at some point. And I think that's going to be what they forgot that gets rebuilt. That it's, we still have work to do. We still need to work together. I'm not done yet. And that's when we're going to see like Norzdamu, like, okay, well, I'm going to eventually die anyway. I gave up all this power and everything, but maybe it's time I got my groove back and went back to work and helped you all out. Or maybe it's not Norzdomu that, that takes over at that anymore. 
maybe things change. Maybe that's why we had that the Chromie being tried to take out in the first place. Maybe Chromie is supposed to take over and that never happens. Who knows? But I think that that's what it is. I think that it's going to be the reawakening of the Dragonflight, the reignition of their purpose, their goals, and that they're going to come back, not necessarily as like the main story event, but they're going to come back. They're going to be like, yeah, we got this. Go do what you got to do. And I think it's just remaining another purpose. I don't think they necessarily need to repower up. Cool. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I still have a bunch of light bulbs going off in my head. But all right. You know how right now when you go and you fight in Nazjatar and you beat Ashara and it's like, ooh, she's channeling all of the Azurite and it's like doing this thing that's going to make the chains break and da 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 all that other stuff. And then, uh-oh, Nazoth is free. And that yes. happens in the raid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. What if that was part two of breaking Nazoth's prison and part one was using the combined powers of the dragon aspects funneled through a maddened Deathwing to weaken the first part of his prison? Well, we know that's not true because the Nazoth didn't then <clears throat> uh, pop up and grab Deathwing and bring him back and then teleport off with him. No, because he was still that's chained on the joke. other side. I know, that was my, just my little joke. Yeah, um, but... <laughs> I think but, it's I think it's possible. I mean, it's it's worth thinking about in terms of what Nazoth does. Well, here's here's this is this is what has me questioning this because there had to be a reason for the dragon flights to expend their powers and there had to be something at the end of all of that. And if that event was not the actual hour of twilight, I mean when we defeated, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The big old Twilight Dragon, Ultima, or whatever his name is. Ultraxian? Um, Ultraxian. How could you forget Ultraxian after all that time you and I spent <laughs> on, that, on that dragon's face? Man. Seriously. Okay, so that guy was supposed to be the harbinger of the Hour of Twilight, right? And when we defeated him, that was it. Like, that was, okay, the Hour of Twilight is done now. Hooray! Except that Deathwing was still there, and then we had to go defeat Deathwing and do all this other stuff. But this was, like, after the Hour of Twilight was supposedly defeated. And that raid always struck me as really weird. Like, it struck me as really weird when we were doing it. That, like, we defeated the Hour of Twilight and then we hop on a boat to keep going. And then, like, when we hopped on that boat, what did that dude say? He was like, I was expecting you or whatever. Or, like, at last I get to fight you or Black whatever. Horn, yeah. 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 And it was, and you, you remember, you and I were both kind of, like, weirded out I mean, by the fact yeah. that he would say that because the only way he would... I was hoping you'd get this far. Yeah. I was hoping you'd defeat my master's plan and ruin everything for us so that we lost why i was hoping be, for that why would he be hoping for that unless he knew that that wasn't the end quite frankly ultraxion is the end of the day that is the bringer of the hour of twilight it was so hilariously um anticlimactic anti yeah yeah just for one thing, all he does is show up and start turning everything purple while we stab and stab and stab and stab and stab and stab and stab. And then he finally dies. It's like, yeah, he died. For it's something like, that was supposed oh. to be the ultimate purpose of the dragon flights, it just felt really, it was like, wow, that was it. You know what? You know what was way harder? Spine of Deathwing. You know? Yeah. Like, 
And then and then it was like madness was almost kind of an afterthought after that where it was like, okay, well, now he's in the maelstrom and we're going to do that. And then they just funnel, they funnel all of themselves into this maddened Deathwing that has been what? Possessed by the essence of Nizoth? Like, where is that power go? Is it just making him explode or is it making him explode and the ch- part of the chains that are holding Nizoth? Is that why all of this happened? And is that so why... Or this kind of goes to the thing you were just talking about, though. Deathwing's the Earth Warder. Yeah. The Earth Warder is... The Earth is what's keeping the old gods in it. Yeah. And now we've seen... He may have been one of his, the locks. Yeah, or for that matter, I mean, if you think about it, when we... Deathwing's the Earth Warder. Earth Warder gets taken out. Earth. We just saw the locks get taken out in water, right? Mm-hmm. What's what's next? We Where go underwater. Go? Well, we did go underwater. We did we did water already. Mm. What about is there? We going to do like sky or fire, or did we actually take care of those when we did the other two ra- raids mm. yeah. in Cataclysm? Did we take care of them when we we killed uh, Alakir in in Skywall, and when we killed Ragnaros in the Firelands? Did we take out the other chains? Yeah. See, I don't know about that, though, because then what about the other old gods, right? Because now you have all these other old gods that we've encountered that have their own prisons and their own chains. What makes this so different, especially if, like... Because Nizoth like, was the weakest. No, here's so the then why too. would he require the most powerful locks? He so, doesn't. He, so here's the thing. We only stopped them at their places of imprisonment, right? I, correct. Yeah, where and they managed Nizoth, to wiggle out a little bit because they were powerful enough to do that. Nizoth, we we actually, if we assume that the Cataclysm raids were all about disabling the the, the locks on on Nizoth, maybe they're not about the locks on Nizoth. Maybe they're the locks on all the old gods. But here's my thought on that. What what if that's what we need to do? Like one of the problems that we've always had with the old gods is that they. I don't think that we need to do it. I think what happened here is that we were given a false situation that we that we swallowed, like hook, line, and sinker. And said, okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and take all of this stuff out. And Rathion, even Rathion, was kind of like part of it. Because he started taking out the rest of the corrupted Black Dragonflight. The thing is, though, was the Black Dragonflight the only Dragonflight that was corrupted? No. It was the only one that was very deliberately corrupted through Deathwing. But we know what happens to the bronzes. They turn into the infinite. We know what happened to the blue dragon flight. There were a bunch of them that went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when Malagos did. We know what happened to, like, the green dragon flight. You know, there's the Emerald Nightmare going on. All of these dragon flights have aspects where, in one way or another, they were twisted and manipulated by the old gods. It's not just the Black Dragonflight that Rathion should be worried about right now. And the thing is, is I think what he's realized is that he can't cleanse the corruption by just killing everyone. He's got to find a different way to do it because he can't just wipe out his his own species to the point of extinction. That's cruel and it makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. So he's trying to find a way to fix them. Well, what if it's also a little bit more than that? What if what we're doing is not just fixing them, but to go back to the old God things and the prison things, one thing we know for certain is that when they've been, quote unquote, killed in the past, what happened? It hurt Azeroth. It hurt the shell. It hurt the Titan. It caused a wound 
that we've been fighting over for how many thousands of years, essentially, at this point. But what if they are imprisoned for so long that you break the chains and they voluntarily remove themselves from whatever they've gone into? Can you safely kill and remove them then? Because they're no longer dug in. And what better way to do that than with the dragon flights, remembering their purpose, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's to dig them out. Here's what I'm suggesting. Here's what I'm suggesting, right? That very ancient prophecy that spoke of the hour of twilight, it's about as truthful as what Loken made up when he went all cuckoo. That prophecy is bunk. But the dragonflights don't know that because they don't remember. And what they don't remember is their purpose. And their purpose is they need to rebuild the final Titan. But they forgot. They all forgot. And then Marath Young kind of forgot, too. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm not saying you were wrong. I was going to try to tie it back to the uh, the fact that I think your earlier idea of the dragons sort of being tied to these, the different flights are all sort of tied almost to a different element, right? In, in different regards. Yeah. All of them in some capacity. If everything are elemental locks and chains that are keeping everything down, maybe that was their purpose. Maybe they were empowered and brought up to figure out how to undo safely what was being done to Azeroth. I don't know. Rossi, what do you Azeroth think? Do you have anything else to, if you have anything else to throw into here, Rossi? Titans couldn't kill the old gods. Mm-hmm. No. But when Yashraj was torn apart, its heart was left behind, right? Yeah. When its heart was taken to Orgrimmar and used to empower uh, Garrosh Hellscream, we fought Garrosh Hellscream, and he was defeated, and the heart destroyed. We destroyed the heart. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't the Titans do that? I don't know. Why couldn't the Titan Forge do that? The Watchers and, you know, keepers? Why did they have to lock it up in a room? Yeah, why was it us that destroyed it? It's destroyed now. It's gone. The last bit of Yashraj is gone. The Shah are canonically gone. They're not gone in the game because, you know, the game is the game. The Shah are gone. We beat them. They're gone. There is no essence of Yashraj left. Yashraj is gone because of us. Why is that that the other the old gods had to be locked up? They couldn't just be destroyed. The Titans tried to figure out the old gods, and they just made a new one. They made the blood god. Mm-hmm. Why is it we can destroy these things, and they couldn't? What is it because about? we're part of the world. I was just going to say we're basically antibodies. We talked about this so many episodes yeah. ago. But think, but think about it not in terms of antibodies. Think about it this way. What makes us different than the Titan Forged? We're part of Azeroth, but we're also part of the old gods. And what, you're kind of getting there. You're, you're almost to because the point. Because of the limit, curse of flesh. Which is supposedly flesh is his gift. He is your true creator. Mm-hmm. The old gods want us to believe that real bad. And in one fragment of possibility, it's absolutely true. But what if it isn't? They what don't. If it ne- they don't never lie. Was, but they don't necessarily tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Just because flesh is his true gift doesn't mean he is your creator. They're asserting the right of creation over, over yes, all things. Yes, because of that. But that doesn't – think about there's, – there's a point when you go to Aldemon originally, when you look at the original discs of Norganon from Aldemon, the ones that were brought there, the, the, the true discs that were brought there by Tyr and Arcadis and Ironia. When you talk to those discs, they tell you a story about how the, the Titans chose to sh- shape this world. Yeah. 
that the Titans just chose specifically to use the minerals of the world because the world was so shifting and chaotic and needed to be shaped. That they they chose to 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 boost or what was it to enhance the flesh matrix of their creations. In other words, on other worlds, they just make things out of flesh. Why on Azeroth? Because Azeroth was so difficult to work, they chose to to use minerals and rocks and metals. Well, how else are you going to fight elements? Like but, if you're at war with the elements, but what do you think do? about what that means. If the Titans usually make things out of flesh, like for instance the animals and so forth, they they make things that way. But they didn't this time. What if the curse of flesh is nothing more than figuring out how to activate something that's already there? We we talked about that a long time yeah, ago, yeah. and I always like I always love that idea that this was always an intended consequence, right? Like the Titans set up the world; it would have these mineralized protectors, it would have these first long stores, and then they would become part of the world as the world became more as, suitable. As the world soul woke up and grew and became, they would become part of it. They would be absorbed into it, and it is. That exact symbiosis, it is that that process. The, the old gods are claiming credit for it because they did turn it into a curse. They activated it early, and, and remember, it's easier for them to assimilate things made of flesh. It's easier for them to corrupt and control things made of flesh. So, yeah, it suits them just fine to have the Titans' creations turn to flesh. But if the Titans always intended that to happen, it could, in fact, perhaps it is our divine, what was it, what was it? perhaps it is your imperfection, what you call free will. That allows you to succeed against all cosmically calculated odds. The Titans, where so are many others have failed, the Titans are orderly beings. By their nature, they they draw upon the arcane. They're orderly. They're predictable. They're very vulnerable to fell and chaos. But we're not orderly beings. Even though those those of us, like even humans, even like dwarves who are built from Titan forged, aren't orderly beings anymore. They're, cap they're capable of chaotic actions. They're capable of defying a constellar. They're capable of balking an old god. We're also capable of understanding the void in the way that they couldn't. Yeah. What if the, the real masterwork of the, of the dragon flights isn't that they were empowered by the Titans at all? Because keep in mind this. Here's another thing to think about. Dragons descend from things that come from the elemental planes. The first drakes are actually curse of flesh changed elementals that's why there are stone drakes in earth in uh, the proto drakes were pretty much yeah. the proto drakes are the curse of flesh of all dragons dragons are mortal beings and it is that mistake that the, the the dragons are like now it's the age of mortals you're mortals you took yourself out you assumed the titan's gift made you something that wasn't mortal but it isn't so you've always been mortals it's and your what, world oh my god what was Tyr doing with Galakrond? Trying to do something with him that made him into something horrible. He was doing some kind of flesh crafting because what did Galakrond do? Absorb and spit out things that were also fleshy but undeadish, but not quite undead things. So yeah. what was Tyr trying to do where that was the unexpected outcome? Was he on to all of this? Possibly. Is that I mean... why he created the dragon aspects? Look at the, uh, if you look at the Mogu, the Mogu figured it out. They mm -hmm. figured out how to use what was essentially Titan blood. The blood oh, they were flesh the animus, crafters. Animus to flesh craft in much the same way. And they used it on themselves to turn themselves back to stone. Mm -hmm. They were like, nope, we want that back. So 
Think about the mistakes people keep making. They keep thinking the stone state, the supposedly uncorruptible, supposedly imperishable state is the better state because it's it's like, well, the old gods can't fight that. We should go to that. That's better. No, the secret to beating the old gods is being a mortal being. Mortals can kill them. Mortals can go in and kill them in ways that the Titan forged and Titans can't. Because to some degree, mortals are them. It's it is. I think the antibody thing is a, is a decent way to look at it, but it's much better to look at it in terms of retroviral engineering. Sure. Yes. If you take a vi- you take a virus, you isolate the virus, you make something out of the virus that targets the virus. You find the antigens that will kill it, and you that's what you do. That's what we are, and that's the dragon's mistake was trying to be too much. In a way, they made the same mistake Odin did. They tried to be too much, like too much like the Titans. Titans can't win this fight. Its scale is all wrong. Wait, did the Dragonflights try to do this, or did they forget why they were there initially? That's what there I'm wondering. There you go. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they forgot that they, their whole part is to be... I mean, even Tyr said it. You know, I, we need defenders that are part of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't see it. It's not... Too much time passes and we don't notice. The, the, well, the, and Dawn were never... of the Aspects, Dawn of the Aspects came out after Cataclysm. After all of this was over with, it was a story about Caligos learning how the Dragon Aspects actually came to be. And at the end of that story, he reminded the rest of the Aspects why they were created. And then nothing came of it after that. I think it's quite forgivable that nothing came of it for the very simple reason that they were all traumatized. Yeah. I think to a certain degree, the dragons have been living, they've been like, you know, they thought, okay, we should die now. This should be the end of us. We've done our thing and now the world will pass on to mortals. Never remembering that for all their power. They're still mortal. They're mortal beings. They Look at what's happened to them since. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before the end of Cataclysm, you know, Ysera lost her last consort and she lost, you know, Tyrannostraz before that, even before World of Warcraft even started. She lost Tyrannostraz. Um, so I think that it, the, the, the thing we're like, the thing we're circling is what did they forget? And did they forget something like a big secret that is being kept from them, you know, or did they just forget their role? And I feel like, like I said, if we go back to that first email and this is something that I've been circling around and thinking about for months. What if their purpose, it had nothing to do with the Hour of Twilight. It was always, we must rebuild the final Titan. We have to protect the world. We have to make sure that its purpose comes to be. I mean, you even see that with, with, uh, with uh, Mer- Malagos. Malagos mm-hmm. starts ripping up ley lines. And because he remembers. Like we gotta stop yeah. This, you know, Alshazza's like, we gotta stop him, but Alshazza doesn't really know why. Yeah. Other than it's bad for life, it's bad for the world, but it, why is it bad for the world? What Alexstrasza doesn't know at that time is that the world is alive, but she should know that, shouldn't she? Shouldn't they, the, the five aspects be aware of this thing? Shouldn't they They're, all know about the world soul? They don't seem to. Because they forgot. But then the question is why or how did they forget? The old gods. The old gods meddled with them all. They all forgot. And I think that's what Rathion saw when he ate the heart of Leishen. And maybe he's trying to do something about it now. And I don't know what he's doing, but I feel maybe like... Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing either. Maybe, maybe well, he, he said, the heart oh, and got the programming. He said, oh, I forgot too. So I think right now, 
what he's been doing is a journey of trying to remember what it is he forgot. It, is it or is it like what you said before where like Alex Strauss was like, we need to go stop this, but didn't know why. What if that's the same thing? Like he's his instincts, his hard coding is like, well, now he's got it. Yeah. Now, now he's got it programmed in him, the steps he needs to take. He ate he doesn't that know heart why, and it rebooted him. But he doesn't know why. He just knows he needs to do it. This is all really interesting. We've been talking about it for almost an hour and haven't gotten to any other emails, but I'm okay with that. Okay. Sorry, other emails. It's okay. Do you guys have anything else to add to this that I we're talking I'm... about right now? I think at this point I'm in reaction mode where I let you guys go and then you ask me what I think and I react. So I'm okay with stopping here. You good, Joe? I'm, I'm pretty good. Okay. We're going to go ahead and go to one more email then. And hopefully we won't spend an hour talking about it because we are nearing the end of the episode. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and go down here. Actually, we're going to answer um, this one down here from Belgarath because this one's actually fairly straightforward. And I don't think that we're going to go off on like too many tangents with it. Um, this is from Belgarath, a human warlock who's who's been retired since Burning Crusade. He says, hi, watchers. I haven't played since PTR for Wrath of the Lich King, but I still enjoy the lore and I keep up with all the current story arcs. My question is, if I was to return now, how much of the story would I actually be able to play through? Would I be able to play Wrath, Pandaria, and Legion? Or has the world moved on without me? Yeah, you that, can play all that. That's yeah, a good just... question, but the thing is, is, is that Wrath to Cataclysm switch... I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, could he play it? Yeah, he could play it. Is it gonna? Is he gonna get to see a lot of it at the time? No, he's gonna have to wait till he's practically max level to go see the raids and stuff because nobody's raiding wrath well, content at level. But I think that's it, part of the benefit, though, of what we have in the current systems. Yeah, you can you flip it around a lot, so you can you know see, see the wrath stuff, the burning crusade stuff. You can see all of it. So here's an interesting thing: for the first time ever since cataclysm you can actually go and you can play everything from the very beginning you can replay it all the way through so you can replay classic wow you can play through that story that will probably take you a good long while because they're, they're you know they're they're doing that that a whole solid week thing. if you want to get to to molten core and in, in anexia <laughs> um but what i'm saying is like you can play the actual classic servers are up but then you can switch back and you can play through the entire story of Burning Crusade and Wrath and Cataclysm. You could Cataclysm. play through Classic and then jump into the yep. real game and play Burning Crusade from there. And and the thing is, like, you can do this, and this is something we talked about a long time ago. You have to make the deliberate choice to play through those quests and finish it. You will outlevel that content. You will level faster than being in all of Burning Crusade or all of Wrath or all of Cataclysm is feasible as far as, like, being on like current content for that level you will out level it you will outpace it but you can stay and you can play through those quests nothing stops you from doing it so while the rest of the world has sort of moved on a little bit you can go and you can experience the entire breadth of all of the story if you want to sit down and do that it's interesting because the way to do that is a little bit awkward because obviously the characters that you play on classic, they do not cross over to live servers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So essentially what you would have to do is go create a character on WoW Classic at level one, play through everything, you know, read all the quest texts because that's important back then, um, play through all those storylines and things, 
get to the end of it all. Um, and obviously, you know, they're doing staggered releases for the raids and things like that. So it'll be a while before you reach the point, naturally speaking, where Burning Crusade comes into play. But once that comes into play, you could switch over to live servers. And as long as you've got like, a, is it level 58 now or level 59 that you can go to Outland? 58. 58. Yeah. As long as you've got a level 58 or even a level, if you have an old level 60 character still on those servers or level 70, whatever, um, level 60 character anyway, you take that level 60 character, you go to Outland, you can play through Outland. There are quests in Outland that have been removed. Um, obviously, the one where you call Thrall to Outland and he meets Garrosh for the first time, that's not there anymore. But when you finish that, you can go play through Wrath of the Lich King. And again, there are quests that have been removed. The whole uh, Battle for the Undercity scenario has been taken out. But most everything else is there still. And then, and then you have a choice. And it's an interesting choice. Because technically speaking, you could re-roll another character and play through 1 through 60 on live and experience all of that Cataclysm content because a lot of those zones are specifically mm -hmm. relevant to the Cataclysm storyline and then go back to your other character and play through the actual Cataclysm zones and then jump to Mists of Pandaria. So it's like staggered weirdly in that section, but you could do it. So it is possible. It's just it would require a lot of jumping around, I guess. Yeah, it'd be a lot of time and effort on your part to do so, but you can do it. But if you love the story, is it a worth it? Yeah. Oh yeah, especially if, especially if you've never. I almost kind of want to do that now. <laughs> In a weird way, I kind of want to do that now. But anyway, go ahead, Joe. Sorry. No, I was going to say, especially if you have never uh, experienced it before, and you really do love the story of this game world, it is well worth your time to do. What do you think, Rossi? I mean, it's is that doable, a fool's absolutely. is that a fool's errand or is that something that actually sounds kind of cool? I guess you could do it if you want. Like, here's the thing: I, if you're doing it on your own terms and your own pace and not feeling rushed and not like blazing through to to achieve something, like you know, I got to get to max level as fast as possible so I can then raid and do. I find that exhausting. Like, why, God, why are you playing a game if you're playing a game like you know you have a gun pointed at your head making you do it as fast as possible? I'm just, I'm too old for this. I, I'm, I'm the Murtaugh of leveling. I'm not going to, I won't do it if I have to work that hard at it because it's a game and I want to like play it and have fun. I'm crazy that way. But in terms of like, I played, I was on the beta. I played up to level 45. I thought it was fun. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's playing old world of Warcraft does kind of every so often, like you run into, oh, wow. Yeah. This was 2004. And no one had thought of that yet. But there is a lot of fun to be had in like a lot of the, a lot of the quests are still poignant. A lot of it's really good. You just have to like approach it with the mindset of I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for anybody else. This is my my playtime. I'm having fun. Then play however you want. And that's fine. I think the way I would rather do it actually is I'd rather do it concurrently in that I would like to start a character on the classic servers and then another character in vanilla. Like in now, like now, wow, and play them simultaneously. You'd have to play the WoW Classic one a bit more because you level so much faster now. That's just that's not debatable. Like you can level from one to sixty in a couple of days. Uh, it's really not hard. So you'd 
you'd have to level your your WoW Classic guy first, and I, but I'd like to do it just to get like the side by side comparison. This is what leveling was like in in Classic. This is what leveling is like now, and really get to see. So like, there's one quest. Do you guys remember that story Raids wrote? There's Wait, several of them. Which one? The Grimclaw so one. Grimclaw one. The Grimclaw. Yeah. One. Yes. Did you, guys, yep. did you guys do the Grimclaw quest at the time? Yes. That's not a quest that exists anymore. Yeah, sadly. It and made me so unhappy. That was that was one of the things that just like almost brought me to tears when I started playing Cataclysm. And think about like you know the one that always gets me is from for me was when I first found the Sully Baloo letters in I think it was I want to say it was uh, the Wetlands. So the bridge near, right near the bridge, right near the Thandal Span. Yeah, it's, and it's you, get this you dive off of the Thandal Span and you go underwater there. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember reading them and thinking, "Oh, this is really sad." And found out later on it was based on a real, real, real Civil War uh, letters that were sent. And it's just there's a lot of little moments like that in the original game that that are the things no one ever talks about when they talk about you know, oh, I want to get to see the world the way it was. They're always talking about like you know, big change zones and not all the little things that got lost. And for me, it's those little things. So that would be what I'd be playing for. But yeah, you could absolutely go and do every expansion. You could do them in order. You could complete the whole zones. You could sit and do everything in Outland and then go to to uh, Northrend and do everything in Northrend. And then, you know, go back and do the Cataclysm stuff. And then you could do the, the Cataclysm high-level stuff. And then you could go do everything in, in Pandaria. Um, and you know, it's there, it's, it's all there. I mean, there are a few things that Dan said are taken out that are gone. I do think that one of the things that always happens when the next expansion comes out is that the feeling of, of immediacy is always lost from all the old content. It doesn't feel like it's got an, it's an end to itself anymore. It just feels like it's a way to get to where you want to go and it becomes disconnected because we know what the story is. And this stuff is the stuff that was the story. It no longer is the story. Like if you're like I have several level 110 to 112 characters, like they haven't really gone very far because I, I actually not 110, sorry, they're like 105, 107. I haven't been able to finish them because I just don't want to do Legion stuff again. Not that it's bad, but it has that feeling of, well, I know what where this goes. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, that feeling that. of that feeling of, well, yeah, okay, I know what happens. So can I can I just like Belgarath uh, here, however, doesn't yeah, you haven't hasn't done it. You haven't seen that. So as soon as you're done with Polgara and your whole family and all of that stuff and you've, you know, get the you, you settle the things and, and get Gary in on the throne. Once you've done that, by all means, play some World of Warcraft. But dude, you've got a lot to do. I'm sorry, but his name is from David Edding's book and I couldn't can take it anymore. Sorry, S War. Oh God. It's okay, I'll cut ah, it. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> I, was, I was holding that in this whole time and it was killing me. So uh uh yeah it i i think it's possible it's possible to go through and play the majority of the story there are there are some things that have been removed like i said there was that garrosh quest line that you may or may not remember if you you're a human warlock so you probably don't remember it because it was a horde storyline um but that one's no longer available the battle for the undercity scenario in wrath it's no longer available uh cataclysm I don't think they took anything out in Cataclysm. I think it's all still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss of Pandaria, the whole legendary chain with Rathion, it isn't there anymore. And I'm so, so, so sorry about that because that was an exceptional, exceptional piece of lore. However, uh, there are videos on Blizzard's YouTube 
that kind of um, do an overview of the whole experience so you can kind of see what happened during all of that. Um, you can't play through it, but you can watch it. And then Warlords of Draenor is Warlords of Draenor, Legion is Legion, Battle for Azeroth, Battle for Azeroth. So, you know, those are all pretty straightforward. I don't think anything's been removed from any of those. Um, if anything, they've been tweaked so that it's a little easier to kind of level through them. But if you wanted to just play at your own pace and experience all of the story for all that it has to offer, there's 15 years worth of story. That is so weird to say. There is 15 years worth of story to play through. And if you wanted to go play through it all, you could. I recommend it. <laughs> but I'm nuts about lore. And so are we. So, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what you do. Anyway, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for the show. And I'm sorry we didn't get to more emails, but all of that Rathion stuff was really, really fascinating. And then we started talking about dragon aspects. And <sighs> you all know how it goes by now. Anyway. Blizzard Watch is possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I know we talked about Dawn of the Aspects a lot. I believe that that one, and I believe i'm not sure about thrall twilight of the aspects but i do believe that dawn of the aspects is still available on audible so you could pick that up as your free audiobook download if you wanted to or you could pick up any of blizzard's other titles there's a bunch of them on there or you could pick up any of the thousands and thousands of other titles that are available and not necessarily blizzard related i mean there's a lot on audible to shuffle through so even if you don't feel like you know, listening about dragons on the internet or anything like that. You could pick anything else that happens to tickle your fancy. You can do that by going to blizzardwatch.com slash audible and signing up for that free 30-day trial. And every sign-up helps support the show and everything that we do. It is there, by the way. Good. Thrall Twilight Aspects is there? Yep. Looking mm -hmm. at it right now. Awesome. Okay, so you could pick up that one too. And like I said, I highly recommend that one. I think a lot of people skipped it, but oh my gosh, is it ever worth the read, you guys. Um, or the listen if you're going to check it out on Audible. Anyway, uh, final thoughts. I don't know if I have a final thoughts question right now, actually, because we just went through so much of it. Um, I guess what I want to know is, do you guys think whatever Rathion is doing... Do you think that this is something that's going to come into play this expansion? Or do you think we're going to see him make his triumphant return next expansion and that's when we're going to start dealing with him in earnest? Joe? I think it's going to end with whatever his completed goal is of this expansion. And it's going to lead directly into the next expansion. Uh, which, he, I don't know if he'll feature prominently then, but I think the back half of Battle for Azeroth, I think he's going to be a major player. What do you think, Rossi? Same question. I feel like this expansion has to end with dealing with the Horde and Alliance. And I don't think Rathion is interested in that, quite frankly. I feel like he thinks that that is dumb. Like, he flat out says, you know, this was a mistake, what I did. So I don't think he's going to show up for that. I think he's going to show up after that's dealt with. Like, as the, the I think if Joe meant that, like, the, the segue into the next expansion will be rathion's crusade to get you know things actually done i definitely think that seems more likely uh i don't think that we'll i don't think we'll see him until after the end like i think if we see him this expansion it will be at the 
do you remember like when we were done with legion and they had the thing where after the sword went into silithus bit yeah that it, maggie was there that's where i think it, that rathion would appear if he appears this expansion what i have to say about this is that as we get further and further on with this expansion the more and more i think that we're going to end on some kind of a cliffhanger and we're going to get that resolution to the Horde and Alliance thing, whatever shape that happens to take, we're going to get that. But then the bomb is going to be dropped and we're going to have something way, way bigger to deal with. And I feel like Rathion's probably going to be a part of that. And maybe he'll even be the person that delivers that message. And that's where Battle for Azeroth will end. <laughs> it is leaving us all holding our breath trying to figure out what the heck is going to happen next. I kind of hope anyway. Um, but you know me. I always like Rathion anyway. So any, anything having to do with him, I'm automatically happy about. Anyway, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for the show. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. And we will see you again in two weeks. Bye.